It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the 2023 NBA draft. How has the perception of this draft changed since November? Who is primed? For a massive March Madness run, and which prospects will fill the holes that the Thunder need them to fill? All coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com on today's show. We're diving into how the 2023 draft class has changed since November, which prospects 
fill which holes for the Thunder in this upcoming draft, who's primed for a big March Madness run, and let's do a few spins and situations on what can happen come draft night. So we'll talk about all that coming up, but today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We're joined today by our good friend, Richard Stateman, host of Locked On NBA Big Board on Tuesdays. Richard, how are you doing today, and, and what's up with NBA Big Board? Hey, it's uh, it's going well, but uh, you know we're in our we're in our sweet spot. I feel like the NCAA tournament's happening. Let's be real; most people don't well, like. And, and I want to preface this: I don't blame you for this. Like most people don't watch co- a lot of college basketball. It's not a great product, um, so I, I don't blame people who choose not to watch. It's better, I feel like, to live through you know the people who suffer through it, like myself, and give you the rundown. But it's an exciting time. This is really where uh, I want to emphasize. This is that. NBA teams are truly a lot of these decision makers and, and high end, even ownership are seeing these guys for the first time in this time of the year. I mean, Daryl Morey and Brent Berry, uh, both decision makers out with their respective teams, the Spurs and Sixers were at the ACC tournament. There's a lot going on there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of teams saying, all right, let's look. The season stats are in the books for the most part. Not much is going to change. Who do we like? Who do we not like? I think that this is in a very important time. And I think that we kind of get, um, we give NBA teams maybe too much credit for, for the most part, unlike they truly are going to get swept up in March madness, get swept up in um, the combine, get swept up in all these different things um, that, that, that we maybe think that they would be like, Oh no, they're going to take the larger sample size of the regular season in college hoops. Now they're going to, they're going to take this last couple of stretches here uh, come conference time, come in table time, uh, but we'll have the whole sample size. And speaking of sample size, Richard, I want to talk now that we've kind of got to this sweet spot. We're kind of in the golden era of, of draft coverage, whenever it's, whenever it's conference tournament time in, in March Madness time, going all the way back to October, November, this draft class was talked about, like it had seven guys who could be part of a, a big three. It had it had uh, a ton of depth. It was a great draft class. And I still think that this is a really, really, really good draft class. And I still think that this draft class is miles and miles and miles ahead of next year's draft class and that it will be an opportunity for a team to really improve their core. However, I think that some of it's changed in the sense of there's not seven or eight guys who can be a part of like your big three. Has this draft really changed and kind of what's your opinion on how this this thing has has progressed from November? Yeah, I would say, you know, it peaked, it feel like it feels like at that Victor Wembenyama Scoot Henderson duel, right? Where both of them looked elite, like elite prospects. So that was a very high bar, and that was at the beginning of October, I think. And a month later, college basketball started, and there was a few things, injuries. I mean, Cam Whitmore, who was considered the top college prospect preseason, didn't play for a little bit. And even when he was playing, he wasn't healthy. It took Jairus Walker a while to get going. Anthony Black and Nick Smith. And also Nick Smith missed time. Dariq Whitehead missed time. So we thought when they would come back, all these guys would be great. Nick Smith's been good. Uh, I think there's a lot to to dissect there. But, you know, it just really hasn't been this high ceiling class. It actually has turned since then as what we thought were like these seven guys that had these crazy high ceilings. It's now a bunch of guys after like four or five where you go, all right, there's a bunch of guys who are going to be high-end starters. They may never be an all-star, but they're going to be high-end starters. And you find this consistent layer of that 
in every part of the draft. You have it at the top 10, you have it in the top 20, you have it in the top 30, even slipping into the second round at this moment. There's a lot of guys who it feels like can be high-level contributors, whether or not they're all-stars or not as in, in the future is up, to, up in the air. But these high-floor guys have emerged more than the high-ceiling guys. And I, and I think that one thing that, that is different about this draft class is uh, – for you and I, we've been covering the draft on this podcast for, for a couple of years now. And every year we've pushed back against Thunder fans that just say, well, the Thunder have a massive amount of draft picks. They can just trade for whoever they want to. That's not That was never the case the last couple of years, and, and specifically in 2021, whenever they fell to six. Whenever you fell to six, you could no longer deliver another team who they wanted for the guy that you wanted. That you know, Draft trades oftentimes are going to work, and the best example is, uh, the Luca Trey Young trade, where like, hey, we really want Luca. You guys really want Trey Young. That's not a spot to take Trey Young, and we don't have a spot to take to take Luca. So let's flip flop our spots. I'll give you an additional pick, and we move on. And, and like the Thunder could not deliver uh, the Cavs their version of their version of uh, of Trey Young. They 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 weren't in that sweet spot. Uh, to where I think that this draft, and this is where I want you to come in. I think that this draft, it doesn't necessarily matter where the Thunder are are at. They can move up. In some capacity, they can move up in this draft uh, because everything is so jumbled that uh, they can move up a couple spots in this draft because of how many assets they have in the future and because that everyone will have a different perspective and a different target at each and every rung of the draft. Like no one has a consensus number three right now to where that is more advantageous for the Thunder uh, who have all these draft picks to try to move up than, than in years past. Also, in 2024, the Thunder have three incoming first-round picks. And for those who don't know, the 2023 recruiting class, like the, the seniors right now, it's considered a weak class. I, I think there's no top dog. There's maybe one or two who could really compete for that number one. But it's going to be a weak top of the draft at the very least. Like Generally, my rule is the depth for now, for the rest of history, is going to be that the, the bottom of the draft, like the second round, is always going to be deep because the game has progressed so much. But the top of the draft is just not something you want. So, like, you might as well, this is the year. It, everything adds up for Oklahoma City, right? They're on the up and up. They're in that mix still, even for the play-in game, which is big. They can trade up. So, like, if they get some lottery, you know, if they get, like, say, the 10th pick before, after the lottery, they could easily move up to that 5-6 range because they have three first-round picks next year to offer. One of them is the Rockets. That's probably going to be the one they don't want to move the most. They have Utahs that could also be one, and they have their self. And I'm blanking on who the other one is. Uh, the Clippers, of course, for SGA. So you have all these picks. You could easily move up, and it's and it's the perfect storm, right? There, it's a bad draft. Plus, you're wanting to win. Everything adds up, and I think they should. I think that they should. Uh, you know, especially if they have a guy that they like a lot, like a like someone that could really help this team get over the hump, or help this team kind of tie in the score, which has been playing really well, and and. and I think that as this team continues to play well and continues to impress, like no matter if they end the play-in or if they end the playoffs or if they end out of the play-in entirely, no matter where this season ends, I think that it's a very positive season for OKC because they're playing this well while dealing with no SGA for some stretches, dealing with no Jalen Williams for some stretches, dealing with no Chet Holmgren for the entire season, who Chet Holmgren is the best and biggest reward from the rebuild. He's your, he's your only top five pick in the entire rebuild. Like he he's the guy. Like he's your top five pick in this system of, of, of Chet Holmgren. So um to already have progressed to this point where you're flirting with the play in, then next year's draft and you know you know the, the 2023 draft and next year's season look incredible on the surface. And, and it's very exciting for, for Thunder fans to, to see. Now 
Richard, there are some areas that I think that the Thunder should target in the draft to improve this roster. And I want to run them by you by giving you what the Thunder struggle with and you give us what the Thunder should target in the draft and who the Thunder should target in the draft because of those areas, which would be you performing a BetterHelp service like our good friends over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is incredible and you should go there right now because BetterHelp is awesome. You should go try their therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked in NBA to get on your way to feeling like your better self. Um, Make sure that you check it out today with their amazing setup where you're going to see that they will allow you to go to betterhelp.com slash locked in NBA, find yourself a therapist. And if you don't like that therapist, you can switch it uh, with no, with no, um, hassle for you or if you like that therapist then you guys can of course continue um, moving forward and continue to share your experiences with uh, betterhelp.com so check it out today that's betterhelp.com slash lockdown today to get 10% off of your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash lockdown uh, what betterhelp is is an online therapy um, service for you so make sure that you go over there and see how they can change your life with this lifelong process. Um, It's about growing. It's about changing. And therapy is all about depending on your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or what we need or how we react to things or why we react to things. And we can talk things through. And make sure that you have this discount at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Betterhelp.com slash locked on. 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com. Slash Lockdown. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Richard, we're talking draft, so make your second listen, the Lockdown NBA Big Board Show. And I want to present to you some areas in which the Thunder uh, would need help in in the draft, and you present to me prospects who can help them. Uh, Let's first go with three-point shooting. I think that the Thunder have... You've seen with Isaiah Joe on the court how much better the Thunder look with floor spacing. You've seen on the court how much better the Thunder look when they have a guy who can knock down triples and space out the defense, and SGA then can thrive off of that. So for you, if I said that the Thunder need the best three-point shooter in the draft class, it would be? Grady Dick from Kansas. I, I think 
his feel for the game is just unreal. It's at a very, very high level. And when you have an elite shooter with an elite field for the game, you get good results. So I, I think he's going to be a constant starter. He's one of these guys that has emerged as just a high-level starter. Will he ever be an all-star? I don't think so. But he's going to be a very high-level starter for years to come. And I think that Grady Dick does a lot more, too, than just shooting, which is so important. Like, he can be a lights-out three-point shooter. But like you said, feel for the game. Uh, he has an ability to just make the the, the, the scrappy plays and, and and create possessions for you as well. Uh, and I think that you put him in, a, in an organization that cares about defense that has shown um, an ability to develop defense, and he can get even better defensively um, as well. So, yeah, Grady Dick would be uh, one of my top players that I would want the Thunder to walk away with on draft night for OKC. Now, another glaring issue. I think that the Thunder need a, a another bucket getter who like you can give the ball to and they can go get themselves a bucket. They can go generate for themselves and score at a high level. Who would that be for OKC? And so before I answer this, what spot would you have in mind? Anywhere in the draft or let's do let's do okay, let's do extremely lucky. So like somehow via trade or lottery, they got top five. Let's do uh, middlings, like somehow they got you know, seven to ten. And then let's do you know kind of somewhere flirting with the with the play in playoffs to where at that point let's do twelve to sixteen. Yeah, I think you know this kind of there's two answers for the top: Brandon Miller, Amen Thompson. I think Amen's a little bit of a surprise because he's known for his playmaking and uh, just unreal athleticism. But that athleticism is going to help him at the rim. He's improved as a pull up shooter or off the dribble at least shooter at mid range. Who knows if he can develop that three ball, but if you're looking for two-point scoring, I'd take him or Brandon Miller. The guy who I was going to say actually falls in the middle in one, and that is uh, Keontae George. He's somebody who, if you're willing to gamble on just the tools and override the efficiency a little bit, the inefficiencies, he's really good to, to bet on, and he has other skills too. And then a worst-case scenario, I'd say Bryce Sensabaugh. He's a pure swing for the fence, but his skill is so advanced for being how young he is. I mean, he's a freshman and his feel for the game is terrible, though. He doesn't know how to play defense. It's worth a gamble, and Oklahoma City has done a very good job of turning those guys around. So now that you've kind of laid all of that out there, let's say that the Thunder would need someone who can um, rebound at the power forward but play really well off of Chet and still – kind of kind of play at a high level you know or or, or a passable level on both ends of the floor I, I, basically let's listen listen let's change the game real quick because hmm. i make the rules here i'm, I'm the host <laughs> richard i love jerice walker i think that he's a great fit next to chet am i right or am i wrong yeah I, I think there are two guys that come to mind when you said what you just said and they're both in the american athletic they were the two top dogs for freshman of the year and that's Jairus Walker and Taylor Hendricks to do a lot of the same things. Personally, I like Hendricks a little bit more. Um, I think he's just got a smoothness to his game that Jairus doesn't have and, and just a little bit quicker processing speed, I think, with the ball in his hands. But I like both of them. I think both would be a great fit. I, I will say, I think, actually, I, I, no, I, I won't. I'm going to backtrack on that. Both would be great at power forward. I was going to say Jairus, I thought, would be better at power forward. And then I realized Taylor Hendricks led the conference in blocks. That's fair enough. Look, I, 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 I like, I like Taylor Hendricks. I think, I think that he is going to be really good as well. And, and I think that you're right. Like those two guys are extremely fascinating. Now, having said that, 
where would the Thunder need to get to to get each of those guys? So let's start with Walker, then go to then go to Hendricks. And as a peek behind the curtain, you and I were talking about Jalen Williams, J Dub, last year at this time, saying, "Hey, with the Thunder, where would they need to get? Would they just need to? Would they just need to take him at twelve? And we were and we were like, "Yeah, take him at twelve. Like, like that's where you're gonna have to gonna have to get him." And what they do, they took him at twelve. So let's see what you think about Therese Walker. Yeah, I mean, for for Jarris, if they got him, look, if you're taking him within the top eight, I would say it's a reach. It, it's just kind of how I feel. I, I think he's a perfect guy. Like that nine to fourteen, anywhere in the back end of the lottery, he'd be good. And for those who don't know about Jarris Walker, what he is is he's this guy who he's six eighties a freshman, great defender. One of the best con- shot contester shot contesters in the in the country. Uh, it sounded like a weird phrase coming out. I don't know why, but um, he can pass a little bit. There's a again. This is why I like Taylor Hendricks more, though. Is not to keep making it about him. And I realize I'm wearing an Orlando Magic shirt where where uh, Taylor Hendricks plays college at UCF. But uh, Jarris Walker can pass. And also, there's something. There's just something to be said for that. He's on the best team as a contributor, as a freshman, doing these things in a, in a way he's hidden right. That won't be. I think he'd get a little bit more to showcase at Oklahoma City. That's that's the big argument for Jarris Walker. So, I want to end it by saying the draft picks for the second round. Having just watched this Thunder team play, and having you know known about you know the roster crunch that's going to come for the Thunder, and 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 the ballpark of where their first round pick will be. I mean, it can be anywhere from top ten to sixteen. So, like, it's it's a wide margin, but. In the second round, what should they do? In the second round, when they have, you know, pick 38, should they go incredibly high upside, like just go get an incredibly high upside player that might be something and might be nothing? Or should they get someone who is more kind of tangible, more more kind of low low ceiling, but higher floor? Like, in your opinion, in this draft, what's the best route to go in the second round of this class? Yeah, I think you go with the upside personally. Normally, I would actually say, hey, get that floor. But um, you could I, – I, I know they have the 50th pick currently. They have that Miami pick. You could probably package those and just move it up to like 33, where if you draft in 30 through 35, your success rate's almost identical to anywhere in the 20 to 30 range. So, like, I would say if you're drafting – like, if you move up, go take just the best player available, whether you see it as insane upside or an insane floor for that – position but if you're picking at 35 go ahead and just swing for the fences i think there's going to be some guys that slip like i said it's emerged as a class full of high floors in a lot of ways that's going to push some high ceiling guys down now i want to emphasize i know you're about to say something here i feel like it yeah it's not kowell where I, I would not take him at 38 i i don't mean to go out of my way to to take a jab at him but he's somebody who i feel like has seen preseason he was a top 10 guy now he's barely playing at oregon He's a center that can shoot in theory. He, he really can't though. And he does, he has a poor motor. So those have been the knocks on him. I would say something you've got to make it a realistic high upside, right? Like if Derek Lively were there, for example, even though Lively has been disappointing, he was the number one recruit, even though he's been disappointing, he still had a lot of flashes. I mean, he's averaging seven, seven and three in like 25 minutes a game with Duke, like in the three is a is blocks. He had, if you want to see his best game, Watch the highlights first. the first meeting against North Carolina where he almost had a triple-double with blocks. So if he's there, you absolutely do it. If It depends on just who you're going for. I'd say make it a realistic swing for the fences. So 
I actually also don't like wear it. I think that I might be doing that a little bit because of uh, just how terrible the Oregon court is. But like, I, yeah, I, I do not like uh, wear at all. So I'm glad that you preemptively took a shot at him that way. I didn't have to, but um, I am going to, I am going to let my bias show here a little bit. Now I don't want to do the entirely old man take of like, well, why doesn't Zach Eady have a place in the, in the first round? But why doesn't KJ Adams have a place I in the it. second round? In I the second it. round. I knew you were going with KJ. I I was like, wow, Zach Eady, that threw me off. I thought you were going KJ. And then and then you did it. You said KJ Adams. So for me, KJ Adams is interesting because I, I think it's just really that combination of size and he doesn't shoot. He's a he basically plays like a six foot seven center. That's gonna hold him back. And and also for those for any 2K players, uh, if you've done my career, you know that default animation you get for free throws? That is literally KJ Adams' free throw release. I've never seen it ever in the history of time until That's I such saw him. Slander. I, was like, I was like, this is this is my my player <laughs> when I saw him in person. But he's athletic. He's got a great frame. Look, unless he can really shoot the, bo- the ball in the summer in the, in the draft workouts, he's probably not getting drafted. I, I just think that he does so many big body things that you might as well just like give him a little bone on the – in, in like the second round, but nonetheless, that is, that is absolutely my Kansas bias coming into effect. Now, Richard, let's end it with some fun. Let's go through some simulations and, and, and ideas uh, and see where the thunder would, would lay out at that point. But first let's go through some, some ideas on fan.com slash locked on fan.com slash locked on is incredible folks. It's America's number one sports book. And right now at the midway point in the NBA season, it is here and it's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. Uh, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back with if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, offers fast withdrawal, super easy to use. Make sure you check them out today. Uh, they have money line, they have point spread, they have you know three pointers drain that you can bet on. They have uh, over under, like they have everything you want to bet on that FanDuel. So make sure you go there right now. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance or at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So do not miss your no sweat first bet. It's $1,000 in bonus bets whenever you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Let's go there right now to the FanDuel Sportsbook app, and you can go to the NBA tab, and you can bet on anything from the stat lines to player props to first basket. Right now, you can bet on the method of the first basket, basket of the first basket of the Rockets Pacers game. Who will it be? I'm going to go Jalen Green. That's what I think is going to score the first bucket in that game. So go check it out today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Hi, I'm Jake from LockedOn. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Richard, our good friend, tankathon.com. We've been doing this a long time. Every year we've done this, we've had to exclusively use Tankathon, but the first few episodes of this of, of this season's uh, endeavor into draft content, we haven't had to dust off Tankathon. The Thunder right now, are in a jumbled mess for the eight best odds in the NBA, which then splits everyone at 17 and a 17.7% chance at the top four and a 4% chance at the top overall pick. So this is a mess. This is going to really not get settled until the end, the end of the, uh, of the NBA season. But for now, let's go through three spins and then react to them accordingly of what the best maneuvers would be for Oklahoma city to pull off. So our first spin Nets, the Wizards, pick one. Portland, pick two. Charlotte, pick three. San Antonio, Detroit, Houston. Orlando, Indiana. Orlando again via Chicago. Utah and Oklahoma City fell two spots to 11. So OKC's at 11. This would be the wackiest outcome of them all. But what would be the move for OKC at 11? Do they, for you, if you were Sam Presti, who would you target in a trade up? And would you target a trade up given that you're at 11? Is that a sweet spot? Is that a bad spot? I mean, it's a bad spot, but you know, that you just got the curse of the Mavs. I think it's because of my presence. Um, where I, <laughs> I mean, if you remember in 2019, the Mavs, Grizzlies, and Pelicans all had the same odds for number one, all the, like every odd was the same. And the two teams to pick number one and two were the, were the Grizzlies and Pelicans. So congratulations. I've cursed you. Uh, apologies for that. But for me, I would definitely trade that up. Even to seven or six would be good. I think you could get some value there. I mean, Indiana might want two second round or might want two first. They might not. Um, you could you could probably make the argument that someone like Detroit would maybe rather have two firsts and try and take two swings rather than just one up there. But, you know, I, I think – if you're staying at 11, you take Grady Dick. If you are moving up, you're probably going for one of the Thompson twins or Cam Whitmore. So I want to play this game also as a, as a little side quest. <laughs> when we're spinning on Tangathon, I want, I want to look at the Rockets and, and say, is this Rockets pick in the sweet spot of you would give them back their pick plus your own pick this year for the right to their pick? So at six, is going from 11 to six, is that sweet enough for you to say, I'll give you 11 and I'll give you your pick back next year if you just give me six. No. I, I also have a bias that I, I have grown up hating the Rockets, so I uh, I don't want to help them. <laughs> no, I totally agree. that That's not the sweet spot at all to be giving away next year's Rockets pick. No. So we'll spin it one more time. Let's So let's say Grady Dick's the pick right here. Let's say that you can trade up to eight – uh, yeah, because because Orlando they have seven and, and nine. I don't think that they'd want to trade. Trade. They don't seven. want more, more picks. Yeah. So I, so this is a tough one. So like, let's see, you get Grady Dick, which would still be awesome. I really like Grady Dick, and I'm a Kansas fan. So the next spin, San Antonio goes to one. Oh, it happened again. Richard, you're cursing us. San Antonio goes to one. Indiana jumps to two. Portland jumps again to three. Detroit, Houston, Charlotte. Orlando, Orlando, they get 7-8 because of the Chicago pick. Utah and Oklahoma City. So now the Thunder are at 10. And at 10, 
obviously we want to trade up. And now let's do the first question. Let's do is five. If if you could say, Hey, we'll give you 10 and your pick back next year for five. If Houston would do that, would that be worth it? You could probably get a franchise altering player at five uh, because I, I think the way I look at it, it's say the top five is Victor scoot, the Thompson twins and, it, or not even the Thompson, Amen Thompson, and then kick one of any of the three, Brandon Miller, Osar Thompson, and Cam Whitmore, say that's the top five. One of those guys, I think of those three, is going to be a franchise changer. And honestly, I'd take the chance at having to pick through two of them, right? Where if the first four picks are, say, Amen, Brandon, no, obviously not in this order, but in, on top of Victor and Scoot, then you have to choose between Cam, Osar. You're kind of kicking off the second half of the of the top 10 in that regard of that split. And that might be a good spot to be in. I, I think it actually might be worth it there. So I think that, I think that you're right that like at five, I would do it, but that's, but then, you know, we got to flip it on its head of like, would Houston want to do it? And then kind of, that kind of change some things because I, I think that that five and up would be where you'd absolutely give the Rockets, you know, at least your own pick and their pick back. Plus maybe even a sweetener to do it uh, at five and up for OKC. So at 10, who would be the target for you? I would say that the target would be either – it would really be Charlotte at 6 because, you know, again, we mentioned Orlando wouldn't want more picks and they'd pick at 7 and 8, and and why would they want to move down necessarily? And then Utah's only going up one spot. So, like, Charlotte at 6, is there anything that could work there or would Charlotte be just kind of frantically trying to move up? I mean, Charlotte's depleted. I mean, they, they're still recovering from missed draft picks over the last couple of years, uh, just like misses on those picks. They didn't, sorry, they didn't trade them out. But then Miles Bridges was an abrupt departure where they just lost a, a key core member. So I think they might be open to mo- multiple picks. I, I actually think Charlotte would be a great, great fit. And, and even going back to that last scenario where I think they had the fourth pick or something, or even the third, it was something like that. You might be able to entice them if they're third, fourth, or fifth throw in the 2024 pick to your 10th pick and maybe one future pick or something. Actually, I don't even think you need the future pick. You can just do those three picks this year, next year, combined three, by the way, 10 and two from next year. You actually probably have something pretty solid there. Now the final spin. Can we get any luck? Richard, you've got to go. Portland, number one. Indiana, number two. Houston, oh my God. number three. This is the worst case scenario. The Redo. Thunder stay at Redo. 10. They get leapfrogged like the Mavs did. And their arch nemesis, the Houston Rockets, keep number three. What are you doing to us? And your Orlando Magic are at four. Detroit at five. San Antonio at six. Charlotte at seven. Orlando at eight again. So Orlando gets four and eight in this draft class. Uh, Utah and OKC. See, hold on. What you got to do is what I just did. I just spun it until I got Oklahoma City in the lottery. And you're welcome. I got it only on five or six tries. I lost count of which one it was. But uh, so the sorry, I just ranted about that. Now I've forgotten. I've seen this and now I've forgotten the number you just told me. They were 10 again. They got leapfrogged. OKC's 10 again. And I'll give you the trade target. So Charlotte's at seven. San Antonio's at six. Detroit and Troy Weaver, our old friend, is at five. And then Orlando's at four. And uh, Houston's at three. You could easily trade with Detroit. I mean, I, I just, I feel like their track record is they want multiple picks, right? That Have they not done this every year? Yeah, like, that, that would be, that would be great to go up to it five. It feels 
like like think about it 2020 they had three picks actually they got killian they got isaiah stewart they got uh sadiq bay 2021 i think they might have just gotten Cade and then called it a night but last year they got Jaden ivy and jalen durant history suggests they're probably going to take two like you have two out of three years sample size being that they've taken five or what six six picks in the first round between three years like that's on average two picks a year math says they're probably going to do it again this year so actually it adds up now i'm going to spin it again and i hope that we get a good thunder result we did not i'm going to spin it again just keep spinning till you get did it not. i want to hear i want to get the good stuff i could even give you mine i can turn the tables and spin okay i got thunder four now i'm going to cheat here and just flip flop the thunder and magic so i really want to talk about thunder being hey it's not nice you know you deserve it after cursing the thunder for so many spins so that so the top the top five Houston, Charlotte, OKC, Orlando, Detroit. What did I do to you? <laughs> hey, you cursed, you cursed the, 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 the spin. Now, at three, please reiterate to the audience that the Thunder could never trade for Victor Mignogna and Scoot Henderson. Yeah, I, I don't know how to break this to to everybody listening, but the the Thunder cannot trade that pick for Victor Wembanyama or they could maybe I, I actually think too if they did the Godfather offer of they would have to throw in probably more than it would take from to go from ten to five than two to three. So like you heard what I said with three picks including like this year and two next year and that even would be the Houston and Utah picks, very desirable picks, you'd probably have to throw in more. Yes. So at three you get you get the pick to start the draft. In a draft where there's no consensus third, are you keeping it or are you moving back? <laughs> like Oklahoma City needs more assets. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, if you're – Sam Presti's pretty good at this stuff, right? He could have moved back in 2021 when he had the – what was it, fifth or sixth pick? I forget where they got Giddy. And, yeah, you know, he got his guy. I, I think Sam Presti's a guy who he's confident in what he sees. I think he keeps it in and says, all right, I'll make the right pick. I'm confident in my my abilities, and I think he stays there. Yeah, I, 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 that's totally going to be my answer as well. Of like, I think that other teams would kind of panic or like want to try to move out. And the Thunder, where they got three, they'd celebrate and they'd, and they'd just make a selection at that three. With that being said, who is the best fit in OKC, not named Scoot Henderson and Victor Manana? I mean, just the combination of the three things you said, there's one guy who checks, there's potentially two, but I think there's one guy at a high level right away that we know for certain translates, and that's Brandon Miller. He can play power forward. He's 6'9". He could play that, you know, both forward spots, honestly. He can shoot. As you said, you know, they need a sharpshooter. For those <laughs> who don't know, um, Brandon Miller, I want I checked this out the other day, but uh, with tournament play, he can change it. He's shooting 40% from three, 85% from the line, which, by the way, do you know how rare it is for a forward to shoot? Even 80% is pretty ridiculous. 85 is generally an elite number. Like if you're 85 or above on that free throw percentage, like consider your shot translating. Like there's no doubt about it. That's insane. And then on top of it, you said the guy who can create his own shot. I think he's a guy who's going to be a great, great scorer off the dribble one day. And honestly, his scoring is going to translate beautifully because if you've ever, if you look at his shot chart, and I'll tweet that out coming here after the SEC tournament, he is very analytical. There's a bunch of zones in the mid range he hasn't even shot a, taken a shot from. Like he, he is at the rim and he's three point shooting. It's very analytically minded. So I think he translates beautifully.
Brandon Miller is the guy at three. The off the court stuff, of course, uh, would have to be dove dived dove into and um, litigated. But on the court product, he's my number three on the big board. That's on the court product. Now we don't have the luxury of talking to him. We don't have the luxury of knowing him as a person. Um, so that will be all up to the Thunder and all up to the other NBA teams to figure out. Uh, but on the court product, you're absolutely right of of him being top three and number three for OKC. Um, moving forward. Now, we are watching ACC tournament play. And it's in the show talking about my best and favorite second round prospect because of you who put me on to my best second round prospect that I like, Isaiah Wong. Oh my God. Wow. I never thought I'd see the day where I convinced somebody else. <laughs> you want me to give the sales pitch? Go ahead. You Because you, you've converted me. Cool. So I've been on this train since uh, March of 2020, pretty much where, so for those who don't know, I, I'm from Florida. I'm a Miami fan. Uh, so I, I don't mean to make this about myself, but I've always had an especially interest in Miami because of that fandom. So I, I saw Isaiah Wong. I knew who he was as a recruit out of the Philadelphia Jersey area, but I never really considered him that seriously because he was like at the lower end of the top 100, whatever. So I get to watch him as a freshman and I'm like, okay, there's some flashes. And then come 2020, he starts killing it. He should have been the most improved player in the ACC. Matthew Hurt won it instead that year when he was a soft, when both of them were sophomores. Um, and then Isaiah Wong since then has exploded. He just won the ACC player of the year. Now this, the, the stuff with him as to why I like him. Yes, he is 6'2", 6'3". I get it. He's a combo guard. That's not exactly a desirable frame. I hear you. But he's the best base creator in the country right now. His shot has improved. Everything scouts asked him to do this summer was around shooting. They said, hey, improve your shot. Show that you can shoot over contests. He does that great. If, in fact, during, as we're recording, Wake Forest and Miami are playing, and he has been doing that. And then on top of that, he also can just shoot the three-ball catch and shoot at a high level. He's shooting 38%, 37% heading into the ACC tournament from three, 80-plus percent free throw percentage. Like I said just a moment ago, that free throw percentage is there. That's a high-level thing, and he's very athletic. He, he can finish at the rim. He can create for others. I think he's an NBA player. He might just be a backup guard, a volume scorer off the bench. My comparisons for him, actually, I have an OKC guy in there. First is Coley Anthony, a little bit of shades of him. And then Trey Mann, just the space creation and stuff just feels one-to-one -one with him. So I'm, I'm a big Isaiah Wong fan. It's going to be hard to take a 6'2 combo guard senior with short arms you know, in the top of the second round. But I think he is somebody who, who no matter where he's drafted or not, he's going to return good value. Yeah, Isaiah Wong is going to be fun. And, and I cannot wait to watch him play in Summer League and in, um, obviously, the Combine and everything. I think they'll play in the Combine. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun as well. Hopefully, you'll enjoy watching Isaiah Wong in the rest of the ACC tournament and the rest of March Madness next week, which will be a fun little storyline for for the sickos of the Lockdown Thunder podcast to follow along with. Because if you've made it to a uh, minute marker 38, which we're going to yell that for, and you've uh, <laughs> you've heard the Isaiah Wong talk, you are an absolute sicko, and I appreciate you. And we will have our own little Isaiah Wong fan club. So, Richard, thank you for joining us. Talk about NBA Big Board and what's to come. Yeah, on NBA Big Board, we talk every element of the draft five days a week. So uh, we're there every day for you, talking anything you pretty much if you listen from January, honestly, September, all year round, actually, to the draft time, you'll find the topic covered that you're looking for, as specific as you're looking for. I love it. It's it's a great listen. Uh, and 
it should be your next listen. So until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.